0: To with myself. okay hello everybody and welcome to the second episode of the in-between chats i'm karma i'm meg and today we're going to be having a chat with jack simpson who is the founder of hyde park book club so if you're not from the Leeds community you might not be very familiar with what hyde park book club is but it's basically a cafe slash venue slash pub slash probably one of my favorite places on this earth and um if there's anything i love about it it's its versatility you know by day you can go you can grab a yummy vegan bite you can get some work done you can play chess you can pick out a book from the floor to ceiling bookshelf you can shop for an adorable plant or a new print you can attend a poetry workshop you can book a yoga and brunch session you could go to a book fair and by night you could go grab a drink with your friends uh watch a live jazz show, you could boogie to a DJ, set in the basement, you could attend a photography exhibition and yeah that's what I loved most about Hyde Park Book Club was its versatility, its ability to adapt to the needs of its community and the way that you guys brought so much to us in just one place. I mean I remember every time I would go to Hyde Park Book Club and that was often there would always 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 be something new. So perhaps Jack you could start off by telling us a little bit about how Hyde Park Book Club started take us all the way back to the beginning
1: yeah of course of course and thanks a lot for the intro it was so nice I'm really looking forward to having this chat um I, I should also mention a uh, camera I think you and I were talking about Chris my friend that I started it with um you know just so I don't take all the you know credit mm-hmm. but yeah. he yeah so basically so I, I was living in London at the time and I'm from Leeds originally had left Leeds to go do um master's over in York. So I was living in London and it always kind of worked in music and art. And music and art really was my way of, I guess when I was growing up, I didn't really see any jobs that I wanted to do really. And then I did a bit of theatre, did a bit of music. And so being in a band was what I wanted to do. And then after doing that for a few years, I guess I wanted to do some other stuff and I went and studied some philosophy and some politics. And anyway, that took me down to London. And I really thought my days of kind of working in music and art were were kind of behind me a little bit, really. I'd um, Yeah, I was, I was kind of more interested in doing a PhD, going and studying, working in politics, maybe. And then this old petrol station in Hyde Park in Leeds um, has a small kind of kiosk room, which is where the kind of flower and plant shop side is now. And Chris, uh, one of my best friends, said, look, you know, there's a fancy dress shop. They're not using the kiosk. Do we want to do anything? And I didn't really think about it to be honest. I mean, like like the studio that we do as well. Two of the biggest projects I, I've done really changed my life. Um, but are both things that I just didn't really think too much about. And it's kind of interesting, really, especially when we think about creative projects because you spend quite. I spend quite a lot of time like thinking and procrastinating, and and yet the things that quite often um, have uh, been so influential for me. You've just dived into. You've just been like, "Yep, yeah, I'm doing it." So he was like, look, let's do something if you want. And so we, the idea really was to do a coffee shop, sell some nice beers. And at the time I was living in London, but I'd also in a short space of time visited New York and Tokyo and Berlin and various places. And I think being in Hyde Park in Leeds, I just had this sense really that there was this kind of growing cosmopolitan culture in most cities in the world and that there wasn't too much of it in Leeds, and there certainly wasn't on High Park Corner. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it it just kind of seemed obvious, really. I mean, we visited, like, I'd been to this really nice bookshop bar in Tokyo, um, and then in Brooklyn, seeing this place that did lots of kind of intellectual kind of like ideas events. Um, And so it was just like taking a little bit from all these things that we liked, and thinking, look, let's pull them together. And I think something that kind of bothered me a little bit in the past was quite often creative stuff is I enjoy the hedonism of it, but it can be a bit separate to the kind of more intellectual communities in cities. Whereas I'd be at these really nice parties in London where you'd be up till four or five in the morning. It'd be a fun party, but also with people that like were really sharp and, you know, and so the book club, I kind of just wanted to do this place where it was like, yeah, you know, one night you might go in and someone's. Doing a talk on economics, and so the next night you might just get messy at a party, and <laughs> we don't need to keep these things separate.
2: I completely agree. Um, what my question for you, really, and I think you've just answered it, is um, I, I mean, I was having a conversation with a friend recently, and we were kind of saying that. Um, particularly where I live there's not a cafe that is also a community space it's almost it's, it's very clear that they're kind of business orientated people aren't really that friendly who work there and it is really important I've found that in a coffee shop that it's also somewhere you can come and interact with other people and have like even just you know a nice small exchange with someone and I think Hypop Book Club is actually like perhaps the only place in Leeds that I've found that Feels like a community place as much as a cafe and a business, which is so precious and actually surprisingly rare, I think.
1: Cool. And so, what's the question?
2: Sorry, it wasn't really a question. (laughs) (laughs) I think, well, my initial question was kind of um, like, was the intention to create a community space or was it to create a cafe? But you have just answered that. But um, yeah, I, I love this idea that it's kind of an intersection between lots of different. Um, areas that might seem quite disparate but which are very connected
1: yeah totally And, and I think I think lots of it comes back to um how you understand why people gather and why people are creative and I think if you kind of get down to the foundations of those two things these are just real human needs like we we I think humans need to kind of express their internal worlds externally and I think we need to connect with others and and therefore, whether you decide to do that through theater or film or music or dance, might be just that you had a really good teacher at 15 who actually you connected with and they, they play guitar. So you play guitar, and another one might be another was a poet. So that's why you're poet. But I think this idea really that people are like, I don't know, that, that so distinct that, you know, when, when people are doing dance, I think to some extent, a lot of what they're doing is the same as when people are playing guitar. You know, we're doing this thing. So so really to me, especially, especially, I guess, in the political times that we're in, where people are becoming so kind of, um, kind of tagged and separated and micro-targeted based on like real differences that they have with other people. There was something about kind of creating space where, look, ev- ev- everybody's welcome so long as they're kind of, their behavior is compatible with everybody else being okay. And that's the kind of be- beginning part of it really. and, and and as such, it doesn't feel a need really. It's like even the fact that, you know, we're vegetarian, we don't really talk about it because, like, I, I don't feel a need to really describe exactly what we're doing. And somehow that feels like it keeps it fresh every year or two. You know, different people come down like you guys and, and, and the, the, the textures of the place change. But it, it couldn't do that if we were really like, this is what the book club is. Because, the, like, the book club isn't a, a specific thing.
2: I was going to say about that it seems in the three years that I was in Leeds almost the face of it changed um it was in like this kind of continual formation since I was there I remember the first because I was in a student accommodation just across the road and the first time I came to Leeds mum and dad were like oh that looks amazing and so that was like on my radar from like day dot and then yeah but but even though kind of you know the plant shop came about and like things started to change like the kind of core of it
0: stayed the same um to call. Um, I honestly still remember when you when you had when the fancy dress shop was right next to it like I still remember when it was that small it's honestly beautiful to see what it has transformed into today uh, one thing that I really loved about going to Hyper Book Club is even though it's a business you didn't feel like every single aspect of your existence there was commercialized you know You could really just come together and be with people without feeling like, okay, this and this. But um, in terms of how it's transformed over the years, and, you know, I remember at some point you had a vintage store shop, you had the plant, the plant shop. I was wondering when these things come along, do they just sort of like, what's the process wherein that happens? Is it like, okay, it would be nice to have this, or do you kind of feel a need in the community that could be filled and then you bring it in? How does that usually come about? Yeah.
1: I think it, it usually comes about um, because something about, something about the place and initially putting out this idea of who we are, what we're doing, seemed to attract people that we found interesting. And therefore, you know, 10 minutes into a conversation with someone, someone's like, yeah, I teach Italian. And you're like, cool, why don't you do some Italian class here? Someone's like, I do yoga or like the flower shop dot who runs a flower shop one day was just came in to escape the rain really and she was kind of drenched and (sighs) her flower shop that she had in Hyde Park the shutter I think had broken and she was like yeah can I just sit in here for a bit we got chatting um and I think we clicked as kind of people really and I think it's it's more that and I, I was talking to some people who were doing they're doing a bit of a kind of history of Leeds Jazz and it was the tight lines guys and I, and a few others were kind of chatting. And I was saying really like there is, you know, I don't want to be kind of too humble. There is something I would take credit for about the book club, but, but also at the same time, I think that one of the interesting things is that we are kind of conduits and we provide space and resources for other, others to do stuff. Like it's, it's, it's part of the DNA of the place to kind of provide mm-hmm. space for people to do things. So when people come along and they want to do something, you know, we'll just try and make it happen. So I think that's the reason that, you know, four or five years ago there was like a tech a tech scene there, a techno scene, and then there's a jazz scene. Because I'm I'm not really wedded to, you know, I mean, I I in my personal life, you know, sit and read books and go to exhibitions and this and that. But like in my working life, which is like the book club and Igor and the state of the arts, lots of what I'm interested in, I guess, is providing space for people for for their creative expression. And that somehow um I think just runs through everything and means that we never get stale because we're not really t- You know, if 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 we get to a point where we're like, you know what, actually we've had quite a lot of jazz recently. We're not we're not wedded to it. We're not a jazz venue. You know, we'll be like, well, you know, maybe there's a bit less jazz next year, you know. Um does that, is that kind of, I forgot what the original question no, was. No, no,
0: that, that definitely answered the question. It's like, yeah. you guys are a direct reflection of the community, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, and, and I think that's, you know, I've talked about this in a, in a few chats, but I think what made it quite instinctive to kind of start doing other things in lockdown was we, we, weren't, we weren't tied to the idea that what we do is sell beer. Like, like we, we sell beer and we sell brownies, to let us do the other things. Like the mm. end game is not to sell beer or brownies. The end game is to do creative things, but you have to sell some beers and brownies to do that. Right. But mm. in the instance where we're like, well, for the next three months, you're just not going to be able to do this. It, it was um, second nature to be like, well, what else can we do? You know? And then the other things that we've done kind of come about. And, but, 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 you know, and I think in a lot of your questions seems to be this kind of community aspect. And I think it is just, you know, people want to get together with other people.
0: Um, I think that's a perfect transition to my other question, which is how have you guys been affected by COVID and what measures have you taken to adapt? How has Hyde Park changed with it?
1: Yeah, wow. How how have we been affected by it? I mean, I guess like for everybody really, I mean, it's just been incredible. And you know, I don't know, like, to people kind of your age how it feels. Like, maybe maybe it feels more drastic to people. Mine, because we've just had longer to get used to the world that has just been disrupted. I don't know. Like, I, I teach some undergrads, and they seem to be pretty... They were just kind of rolling with it, generally. You know, they were, like, still in halls, you know. Um, but obviously, it's been disruptive for everybody. Um, yeah. I think one really good thing that came from it was people... You know, for instance, me and some of the other staff are just so busy most of the time dealing with all the things that are going on that you don't really have that much time to stop and really kind of look at conceptually what is it we're doing? Why are we doing it? Um, even just some quite dull stuff, really, like, you know, you've got a spreadsheet that's always caused everybody a bit of extra work. You know, in March, April, we were able to sit back and kind of just just have a bit of quiet time and kind of work on that. I mean, it's been really hard. I mean, you know, the first time that we did takeout and we had, you know, a bunch of people outside, you could you could kind of feel with me and the other staff that this is what we've been missing. That as much as it's about music and it's about art and all those things, which it obviously is, um, really it's about people. And once people started coming, even just to get a takeaway coffee, but saying hi, and, you know, we had a few notes pushed under the door, it's like that was the, if it was a kind of nutrient that you were missing, You know, I mean, I I obviously I love live music and I love I love art, but I I think I think the primary thing is 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 people. So so that that was kind of hard. I think in another sense, uh, the book club somehow strangely has it's kind of fortified what the book club is about in that it once we were stripped of all the stuff, you know, like the music venue side of things, whatever else, there was still this kind of heart amongst you know, and this is the team and I'm not talking about myself here, but like, there's still the heart among somebody that were like, you know, people on the whole weren't, um, you know, we're still really interested in doing kind of social things and social good. And we're still asking about kind of neighbors and things like that. So, so in a, in a sense, it almost kind of, um, yeah, kind of really trying to think of the word, it kind of strips away so much that you were just left with this kind of very kind of communally focused heart at the bottom of it, bottom mm-hmm. of it, centre of it.
2: Yeah, I I feel that completely. I um, I think specifically uh, specifically in this last lockdown, like the sense of, I guess my dependence on other people has become really um, urgent. I suppose like before, I, I've I've always known that I'm. I really I need other people to be happy I suppose but now like even just like being on a a screen with someone I can sense like the distance um and I said this before but like I was um in this town in uh, this local town in the cafe um in the like just before the last lockdown and just like being around other people like that physical proximity to another person was so wonderful and um yeah and I suppose like High Park Book Club the way you talk about it is kind of you have all these different things going on, but at the end of it, it's like this physical space where where kind of these different sections merge and you have people coming together and learning together and chatting. And um, and I suppose, yeah, you, you said that these things have become more crystallized now, um, but how, how do you think that will affect the way that you, the book, the next kind of um, phase of Hypop Book Cover, how will it be affected by what you've learned now?
1: Yeah, it's really a really great question um i think it, on the kind of like um the kind of practical stuff i think it's really hard for anybody working in the arts now to figure out what the next year looks like or even beyond that right like if you think about something like you know okay, we do all kinds of music but in in the in the pantheon of music you might call it pop music right it's, it's the kind of music people get together to, to hang out to do right um and we'd had kind of 70 years or so of, of, of a constantly building culture that you went and watched, you know, bands on the way and whatever. And, and it's not absolutely clear that we'll go back to that, you know, like for lots of people, I mean, if you think about when people talk about habits changing, quite often they say, look, if you do, if you do something for 30 days, it kind of sets in as a, as a way of changing your habits, right? But people will have had like probably a year and a quarter of not going to festivals, not going to gigs. They will have amended kind of where, where they spend their money or they're saving their money, you know. They will have amended how they kind of socialise. So on that side, I really, I think it's really, it's really difficult. So I'm, I'm sure people will still want to congregate and get together, but I'm not totally sure what that looks like. Um, in terms of us, well, you know, I was talking to you, you camera, about this kind of, we had chance to to look for this thread uh, that runs through all the projects and and to really pull together, almost like a, a kind of mother group, as it were, which is this thing, Open Space Labs. And I think I think that's probably, for me, the future really is, I was talking to Nathan, who does the Brutnell, like at the beginning of all this, and one thing I was saying to him was, I don't think people will ever not want to be creative And I don't think people will ever not want to enjoy other people's creativity. And if you focus on that rather than the kind of medium or the way that that happens, then I think you can kind of continue to do what you do and allow kind of trends and the actions of governments to not bother you too much. So for me, for instance, you know, we've carried on lots of the kind of project management that we do with creative artists and looking at records and, we've got a short film that will come out and so we can carry on doing all that stuff. And I, and I think this kind of plays into what we've all been talking about, about the book club is that the physical space is less important than the people. And the, and although it's more difficult at the moment, you know, there, there are still people kind of recording at the moment and getting together and playing like these things are still kind of continuing and people are still writing and people are still shooting, you know, TV and films so, like that stuff is still going on. Um, so, I think, so I think, in you know, in a sense, I mean, it's a bit of a strange answer, maybe, but, but, like, in terms of practically what it looks like, I, I feel really un, unsure. Like, I don't really know. Um, but in terms of what it feels like, I think it's helped us identify what are the core things that make us want do what we do, and by focusing on that and the relationships of the of with each other. Um, I just feel pretty sure we'll be fine but I'm, but I'm not sure what it looks like. I mean what do you mm-hmm. think, what do you both think it? Well like what do you think the next year looks like?
0: I mean in I terms think of kind
1: of culture or what concept?
0: Um like from what you were talking about I feel like the most important thing is for people to be able to connect in some way. You know we go through the creative process I feel not just so that we can, you know, make sense of our internal atmosphere or kind of just, you know, put what we feel onto paper whatever medium you may choose. But I feel like the creative process also happens so that we're able to connect to other people. So that we're, you know, art is popular because people relate to it. So I just think, like you said, it's all about, it's just happening in a different space. You know, our concept of providing space has to change. But I do think the last year has shown that we're very capable of adapting and rolling with the punches. And I think, I don't know, maybe with collectives, like what Meg and I are doing, I don't know. Yeah. What do you think,
2: Meg? I... I'm honestly I think at this stage like I'm just you know I'm here for the ride I have no idea I can't even predict it but um so I have moved back home and it's quite a small town and kind of I alluded to it before but we don't really have that many community spaces and there's quite like a a broad um kind of rural hinterland around where I live and um I I think we have a real problem with loneliness I think with a lot of a lot of places do as well but there's a couple of people and for some reason there seems to have been a massive exodus of artists in kind of like the 70s who came over here I live on the border of Wales and um, so there's this really cool like creative community here and people who are really wanting to connect with other generations and um, but for some reason nothing's ever really happened so I've kind of been getting involved with some people around here and one of the ideas is to is to create like a community-based community-led cafe that is also an artist space an artist work uh, a workshop people can come like it has a, a garden where people can grow um so I really think Covid to I think I think an awareness of the locality is really important um I think we'll well, well I hope will will become more important I think investing in our communities is really what I hope will happen as a result of COVID. Actually, one of the questions I wanted to ask, and this is not formulated in any way, so sorry if I stumble, but um, I think now, you know, the, there's a real sense of kind of our country is almost, you know, divided up and the North has obviously been massively messed over by COVID. Um, and you kind of said before that you, you've experienced these different cosmopolitan centres and, and how like you saw, in Leeds a potential for somewhere like this to be really beneficial. And I suppose, like why, wh- why, well, what was my question? Um, like, So how, how is having a community base, Hypop Book Club, but it could be anywhere else in Leeds as well. How do you think that has changed Leeds as a city? And how do you think that this will impact Leeds as well, creatively and um, kind of community wise?
1: Yeah, it's a great question, and and loads of interesting stuff um, in there. Yeah, it should. um, I'll I'll come back to as well. Something you were talking about about kind of, you know, how we see the local, because I think that's one of the one of the really interesting things that's gone on the the way that the world is now either local or global. That we've lost all the layers between, right? Whereas for lots of us. you know, especially, you know, especially like my generation that were kind of like, just, you know, like the, the internet was just coming about, right? As I was kind of like socializing. Um, so it so it more kind of like crept into the whole of the physical world. Whereas now you've got this kind of like dual, you're either local or global. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to Lee's question. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think there are things that we do that are kind of Leeds-focused and mix in with people that are from Leeds. And, you know, maybe, maybe when we're talking about Leeds and we're talking about the kind of political things that are going on, we, we're kind of talking about maybe the working class of Leeds, right? And if I have one concern about our work and the city of Leeds is that it, it, it is still primarily for people that are, have already being absorbed into a certain culture that is generally fairly middle class, right? Um, so, so I come, I come from East Leeds, which is 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 not is like primarily kind of working class, lower middle class. Um, and I think one of the big stories of the last kind of twenty years, maybe a bit longer, and I think you can see this in kind of the Trump stuff, in in Brexit, and in other things that are going on in kind of Europe, is that for lots of us, the globalization that's occurred and the expansion of kind of technology has been amazing, right? Where like, you know, like I'll, you know, I'll be in Brooklyn, I'll be in Tokyo and this and that. Um and then you come back and you'll create something like the book club. And and I, I always try and make it as as welcoming to anybody as possible. And we will go out of our way. You know, I mean, you know, there are loads of kind of white middle class guys who play jazz there, right? And that we, we would go out of our, you know, I mean, they're, you know, they're not badly treated, but we'll go out of our way to make everybody else feel a little bit more, not more welcome. They're all really good guys. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but what I
1: mean is, is, you know, like if somebody comes in and I'm like, maybe, maybe they're not used to this, then we will go the kind of extra mile. But, you know, if I'm, if I'm honest, I mean, I'm still concerned, especially when you look at a city like Leeds, and I think this has gone on in cities around the world, really, that, you know, people will move to Leeds. Um, people will move to Leeds, I, I think, um, because there's an opportunity to kind of get jobs there and maybe they don't want to pay the living costs of London. Um, but when you are actually in meetings with people in the kind of upper echelons of culture in the city, you don't hear many Leeds accents. Um, and so maybe it's good. You know, I always think the Brunelli is amazing, partly because they do incredible stuff and Nathan has a, like a solid Leeds accent and i think that's symbolically important i think that's what allows mm. him to to create a place where you if you were going there 30 years ago before the bands he 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 gets your culture and you are welcome and students that are into some kind of like japanese experimental music they're welcome also because because he's almost like um like a translator right and in in that sense i think the book club might do a similar thing with me kind of being from Leeds but but probably probably not kind of enough really and I think I think really you know as we all as we all look to to where politics how serious you know you, the stuff that happened in DC the other day I mean mm. this is about as serious as it can be before being an absolute absolute Civil. tragedy <laughs> mm. yeah and so and and so I think for for all of us that have done all right out of um, the last kind of 30, 40 years of, you know, like or the remnants of it, obviously you, you guys have not been around then, but um, <laughs> you know, to li- to live in cities like, you know, in, whether, whether it's like London or Leeds that has amazing kind of international culture. I think we just need to remember that that's not what life is like for most people. And, you know, this is, we, before we even get on to most of the people around the world that are living on much lesser day than people who work in Britain but just even within british cities you know there are lots of people that that don't feel like they've been taken on board um, you know what's going on and and i think especially if i might consider myself somewhere on the left maybe centre left somewhere you know somewhere on the left but if if we don't do the job of understanding why these people feel left out then the right will do that job and i think that's what we've seen
0: mm. It's much harder to weaponize people's fear, people's insecurities, if they don't feel isolated, if they feel connected to others. I do really think that community is the is one of the most effective ways to kind of combat against that.
1: Yeah, there was something one of you was saying earlier on about making art during this in as best of ways we can, right? Hmm. And. And I think you know, I remember kind of reading novels in my kind of like twenties, where I was able to articulate how I felt about, say, in relationships, because I'd read the language somebody else had used to describe something that Mm -hmm. I had felt right. And that's we all have those moments where you watch a film and you're like, ah, fuck! You're like, you're like, yes! You're like, that somehow has tapped into something in me. Mm -hmm. And I think often we can become, um, we can we can hear people. Saying things that probably have a foundation that is acceptable to say, like that they feel a diminished autonomy, they feel they they feel threatened in some way. It's a kind of it's a fear thing, right? And Mm -hmm. their their way of going about it might come across as kind of xenophobia or racism or all these kind of things, and that's not cool. And we should call that out, and we should definitely call that out. But realistically, if we just wholesale say, look, this, this is coming from nowhere. I think, I think the right understands how to tap into something that is genuinely there, even if we don't agree with it, even if we think, well, look, you know, all kinds of things about globalisation have made things better for all kinds of people's lives. If in your neighbourhood it doesn't feel like that and you don't have the financial and cultural capital to leave, it doesn't matter that, you know, us in Hyde Park and Chapel Allerton and wherever are like, ah, oh, it's fine, multiculturalism is great, if it doesn't feel like it to you. If that,
2: but, that makes sense. Well, yeah. And just kind of that makes me think about, it's really interesting when you said it initially that, you know, we can all kind of pinpoint a time when we felt really inspired or maybe, I suppose as, as we grow older as well, be able to see kind of the journey that our life has gone on and be able to see the points at which we, that that journey was kind of severed or whatever. And um, and I suppose places like Hype Book Club that are in the community, but also show the multifaceted of of life and creative expression and people like that is really important and I suppose what can we do in our own small way to make change and I think that again comes back to community and it comes back to making safe spaces and what you yeah and and kind of what I love about Book Club um, is that like you said before that you combine so many different ways of thinking and and I'm kind of I'm working in in arts education at the moment and we're seeing so many cuts and also it's so narrow the way that we teach art in schools I find and so much of why art is interesting to me is it, it's because it's a way of looking and a way of seeing and and to think creatively even if it's not through painting or whatever it could just be um you know I don't I, I, <laughs> um but that is really transformative I think just Changing our ways of seeing and being, and yeah, mm. sorry that really teetered no, out. No, no, but- <laughs> no. That
1: absolutely makes sense. I mean, before I, I guess my first serious art form that I got into, I did a bit of theatre, mm. and um, and I think the lots of skills that are probably like a bit of a bedrock of who I am now are from this period in my teen years where you know you learn how to be in front of two hundred people and be calm and really kind of you know. Uh, explore like uh, explore kind of you know if you think about acting or or lots of art but definitely acting it's a lot about empathy right it's a lot about kind of you know how 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 would I feel like I obviously like you know I've never been you know annoyed at Paris in the 1500s or whatever you know (laughs) like I I've not I've not been that but but those things are really important and I think I think it's kind of telling about the kind of cultures we have in, in definitely in places like the UK that, that really our education is not about, or quite often not about people um, finding out who they are and um, and finding out who they want to be in the world. I mean, it is more like that. The more people pay to go to school, right? Yeah. Like, like if I talk to friends who've got kids that are at expensive schools, like they're doing incredible things, right? They, they, you know, going on trips around the world, and they're kind of learning Mandarin, and you know, they are doing, you know, and I'm sure, you know, they've got their own stuff going on, but definitely when I look at the the mass education, it's it doesn't really seem like um, like people finding their way in life is a is a massive concern to so lots of it.
0: Mm. I wanted to comment on what you said in terms of like politics and how fear can be weaponized and i do really think that there definitely needs to be a space where you can empathize with people to a certain extent and understand where they're coming from the way you'd want to be understood and held um, accountable
2: by a community as well that's a big thing
0: sorry, I didn't hear you. like
2: being held accountable by a community as well the, yeah like no. actually
0: being part of a collective and Feeling responsible. Oh, yeah,
1: sorry. and it kind of well, yeah, just to add on to what you were saying, Meg there, like um, you know, when you're part of a community for quite good reasons, if you think about it kind of almost anthropologically, for quite good reasons, you will do things when there's no direct benefit for you because mm. you're part you're part of a community and you know that you're kind of safe in these numbers. Whereas one one thing that you know I've heard kind of sociologists talk about is in big cities quite often or big metropolises. If you look at the behaviour of people at, at times in, say, London, you know, one of the reasons I think people don't talk to people on the tube or whatever is because there's, there's enough people there that you can just avoid people if you want to avoid people. Yeah. London's a great city. I love London. But, um, but, yeah, I definitely think that thing about being an actual part of a community um, mm. encourages lots of the kinds of behaviours that we probably want to have in society.
0: Mm, I think that's honestly one of the things that I loved about my experience as a student in Leeds is that it had all the benefits of a kind of, you know, big city in terms of places you could go, things you could see, artists that were coming to town, but it still had that like small town vibe where you'd say thank you to the bus driver, you know, where I could come into Hyde Park Book Club and people knew me by name. It's just, it's a completely different experience when you're walking down the street and people are saying hello, people are saying thank you, that type of thing. I I saw this I think it might have been a TikTok
2: so I don't know how reliable it is um, and I also can't remember which culture this phrase originates from but it was saying that kind of in lots of Western cultures we have those you know crazy teens just you know just don't like going crazy in towns or whatever in their collection of bicycles (laughs) Um, but then this other culture they had a saying and it was it was that if the child rebels against the village then it's it's the village's responsibility to make amends to that child because it's, Mm. they're they're in part responsible for the upbringing and nurture nurture of that child, which Mm -hmm. I think is an amazing thing to reframe that relationship with youth and yeah. Yeah, and
0: where the blame lies. Uh, Since we're discussing, you know, the importance of being there for your local community, maybe you could tell us more a little, ah, maybe you could tell us a little bit more about digital access West Yorkshire.
1: Yeah, of course. And yeah, thanks. For, thanks for asking. So it really came from, I mean, a bit like any of these things, right? Like probably the, the same for you with this project or, you know, loads of things that go on at the book club. Um, Sat chatting to friends about how there's this problem where lots of people don't have laptops, but they have been sent home in the first lockdown to learn from home. Mm. But they they kind of just couldn't really do it um and so we kind of came together there's like five of us and the other people really work in education there's a guy who works getting laptops to refugees so he really understands the kind of the very kind of like process led side of things so that's a guy called ben who does a thing called solidarity that's amazing and we just put a shout out and said look if you've got a laptop like we'll clean it up um, and we'll get it out and it's just been incredible, really. So we've probably had about a couple of hundred so far, and like now wow. this last week or so, yeah, this last week or so, it's really ramping up. It's like ten or de- ten or so a day this last week. Um, That's And people amazing. are calling me up. Yeah, people are calling me up and just going, "Yeah, I've got a Mac. Do you want it?" And I'm like, "This is crazy." This is crazy. <laughs> so you've seen the staff at the book club as well. Someone will come in and just give six laptops, and the staff at the book club are like. Can we just uh keep
0: <laughs> Please don't get but, please don't get yeah. mugged. <laughs> yeah.
1: But then we're getting these stories back, and it's like, I mean, it's it's really difficult. So I so my number's on the website. And I had a call the other day from a mum who said, Look, I've got three kids, um, all of their lessons are at the same time, but we only have one laptop. And so it's just it's just I mean, it's similar to what we were saying about the arts education. It's just not joined up. It's like we're in a, a country where you know, lo- lots of people do quite well out of running businesses here and all this, and around the world, you've got kind of, whether it's like Bezos or whoever, you've got enough going on in the world for us to not be in these situations, right? Mm. Um, and, and we, I guess one thing that we've tried to do is make it quite kind of citizen-led, so so far it's not really Constitute, it's not a charity or anything, it literally is a bunch of people in Leeds who you can call up, drop a laptop off, and we'll get it out to somebody else. And, and I think you do find, you know, lots of people have been doing this without any idea who it's going to, they're not even asking who it's going to. Right. And, and we're not really, we're just giving it to maybe a primary school or something and they're getting it to people. Um, and all that feels really important because I think, you know, I had times when we didn't have much money when I was a kid and, you know, lots of my friends, even less, um, but it's the kind of indignity of it all, right? And and I think that's the thing, you know. I mean, the thing that always gets me kind of choked up if I'm watching a film, and it's kind of I don't know, refugees or whatever, is mm-hmm. is seeing a, a young child and the kind of the, the the kind of lack of dignity that comes from knowing that your family don't have much, um, and it just feels like you know we're in a city, you know, we're in a city that's kind of it's reasonably affluent definitely compared to kind of global standards and there should be no reason why an eight-year-old child is at home tomorrow knowing that they're not online while their friends are online it's like you know we can do something about that so so yes yeah, so we started this and it was amazing it was in the Guardian a week or so ago and people are talking about it, and, it yeah we had an amazing meeting about two three nights ago with groups like this from all around the country so it's an attempt to kind of bring together this network and I think it is it is great I mean it's it's kind of strange that it's been left to people to do this but I think you know you you have to be kind of like realistic about the the political situation you're in and I just don't think this government is is, is really that is, mm. it's not a priority
0: I mean it's just crazy to me that it's People like you that are feeling this very much, I think it's needed thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't mean it in that way. But <laughs> no, like, I, know, I do though. It, I mean, is, I do when people it is the Europe, government's yeah. job. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the government's job to provide for its citizens. And yeah. you know, right now, when literally having a laptop means is is you know it means well you oh my god when having a laptop is the difference between having an education or having no education. Yeah. It's yeah. But it's genuinely amazing work that you're doing, and and, and yeah.
1: I think it's really kind of short-sighted as well. we'll going back to Meg, to your um, your village example, like like we all have to live in the in that village of those kids that spent a year not really going to school, right? Like those, those kids don't just go nowhere; like they become our fellow citizens in ten years. Mm. And yeah, I don't know if you know this book, The Spirit Level, but it's like a really um, it's a really nice book from about probably about seven or eight years ago, but it basically talks about how inequality is not just bad for people that are doing badly. It's kind of bad for everybody, right? Like if you live in an unequal place, you, the kind of health outcomes, the crime rates, all this kind of stuff. So I think some of the kind of at times individualistic way that you maybe get from a current kind of slightly libertarian conservative government, it's just it's just, you know, unless you're going to go live in... I don't know, somewhere in the Cotswolds, and you don't, you don't have to see anybody for miles and miles and miles, which might be the kind of thing you want to do, but for, for everybody else, like um, you know the, we've got good reasons to look after each other, you know mm. even if even if you're self-interested, you've still got a good reason to look after each other.
0: Absolutely.
2: yeah. so how do people go about donating computers or getting involved in the project?
1: Yeah, so there's a website accesswy.org. And if you go on there, you can kind of donate, you can refer somebody else. Um, there's a group called Restart Project, mm-hmm. and they've just put up, I think today or yesterday, um, a, um, a list of places all around the country. So there are people like, we had about 80 people on the call, and they're all around the country. Um, and, and I think it taps into a lot as well of people that have environmental concerns. That you know, You've got a load of people that have got laptops just in a cupboard, yeah, and these kind of minerals that we use in, you know, it's like we don't need to just make a lot of new ones; just spread them around.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I think that's probably a good place to leave it because we have been talking for a while. But it's it's been
0: amazing. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah, Carmen, no, that's so
1: good chatting. Um,
0: yeah, just before we, you know, close it off, maybe one last comment on open space labs and how it's just, you know, it's bringing everything nice. that we've talked about.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, when we were talking earlier on about kind of what the future looks like, I think one thing that this gave me, you know, lots of working in arts and culture really develops the kind of extrovert side of yourself. And so mm-hmm. you can kind of forget the introvert side of yourself because you're just like constantly talking to people, this, but in kind of March, April, I had quite a bit of time to myself and really enjoyed it. And we were having really nice discussions kind of about the values and what it is we do, and I'd always kind of known that there was this other thing that was that was a kind of meta project that kind of ran through them all. Um, but anyway, so we set up Open Space Labs and that really is a way of, I guess, explaining the story of w- what this group is that works with poets, but does a jazz album, but has a music studio, but does a venue and helps somebody launch a book. It's like all these things are yeah, the, the kinds of things we want to do. and And it's a way of telling that story without having to kind of talk through each project really. So that's just openspacelabs.co.uk. And um, yeah, and, and part of it is about a bit like we were talking about earlier with the book club about putting out there what we're interested in in order to have conversations like these really, like with other people that we find interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. And I love the name. I feel like the name is very much self-explanatory. Like it tells you so much about, yeah. yeah. Um. Well, thank you so much, Jack, for sitting down with us today. This was such an amazing conversation. You know, what you've done with the Hyde Park Book Club and everything that comes with it is really, really inspiring. And thank you so much.
1: No, real pleasure. Thanks a lot.
0: Thank you. And of course, a big thank you to everyone who tuned in to this. Chat. Um, be sure to check out our website theinbetweencollective.net and if you're already familiar with Hyde Park Book Club then be sure to check out their meta project Open Space Labs if you're looking to donate laptops then we will also be putting in the description the Digital Access West Yorkshire another amazing project that, that really benefits the local community directly Again, thank you so much and we'll see you guys next time.